welcome to episode 91 of the Half Point for Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined this time by my co-host, Dalton, my producer, Johnny Pham. Maybe Dalton. Nope, Dalton, in, out, in, out. Uh, maybe I'm just Dalton. doing a light show over here. For sure, Johnny. All three of the boys on the pod tonight. Uh, Dalton, how you doing? I'm doing great. Trade deadline season is always a fun time for me. It's where teams turn into champions. And uh, the NFL season starting to make more sense. It only took 10 weeks. Is it? Uh, Casey's number one in power rankings. Well, with Kansas City number one in power rankings, I think the NFL makes sense. There's one, and then there's everybody else. Well, Johnny, I, you know, Dalton was absent last week. I, I know I sent a pretty harsh email, you know, really asking for you guys to to be more hardcore, to to get more into this podcast. You know, kind uh, kind of following, you know, setting the standard for Twitter this week. We we did that last week, and you know, we didn't have Dalton on the show last week, but he he's come around. He's ready, ready to go this week. Uh, Johnny, how are you doing tonight? So we've got um, basically we're just going to go around the NFL, hit on a couple relevant fantasy football storylines that I think most shows you listen to this week, if you listen to more than one show, are going to be talking about. And where we are going to start is I think where every single Monday show probably started this week, and that's with Christian Watson. Um, we had basically no indication of this guy being an NFL receiver. We knew he could be, but had no indication yet of him being an NFL receiver. And then the dude goes out and plays 80 or runs 84% of their routes, has a 42% target share, has four receptions for over a hundred yards. Three of those receptions, he turned in the touchdowns. So Dalton, what do you make of where we should be at with, with Christian Watson? Because I really think you, I would be open open to listening to literally any answer when it comes to Christian Watson because I, I think it's just such a wide variance of what people can reasonably think about him right now. Well, I think this all starts at the top, which was were the Packers good last week or were the Cowboys being the Cowboys? And that's, that's where I start with this. Uh, I mean, they need playmakers. Christian Watson's clearly a playmaker. I think what we did learn is he's better than Romeo Dubs. In smaller opportunities, he did better than Romeo Dubs did. He has draft capital. They want him to succeed. Those are very important things. Aaron Rodgers clearly needs a playmaker outside of his two running backs in that offense. Um, but when it comes to fantasy, I just really don't buy it. Like The reason he did so great was because he's the only option they have and the Cowboys just weren't ready for him to go over the top like that, like he did. And as a waiver wire pickup, I love it, but I'm not mm -hmm. like trading the house for him. You, you know, I'm, I'm excited if I get him off waivers, but if someone already has him, I'm not giving up like a Tyler Lockett and expecting this type of production week in and week out. Yeah. Like I, I think it's very reasonable to, to say you're not starting him this week if you have him, and, and to make him prove it again. I also think it's totally reasonable if you're in a bind and you're looking at a guy that just put up 32 points on your bench last week and you've got some buys, you've got some injuries, whatever the case may be. I think it's reasonable to to say, hey, I want to I want to get this guy in my lineup because I know he had some drops and I know 
it's not going to be smooth every week. And Dalton, I, I think if you're going to talk about the Matt Harmon stuff you were talking about before the show, you might hit on that a little bit with him. But he just – sometimes you just know when you're watching a guy that he looks the part and he just looks different than the average NFL receiver. I mean, this is a guy that I think his spark score was in the 99th percentile, and and we saw that on, on full display. He's an athletic freak. He has been getting open down the field when given chances this year. It's just been actually finishing the play with a catch. The guy started off the Packers season, I think, the first play of their year dropping what would have been an 80-yard touchdown pass. And he, while he had some drops, he hauled in some big plays. And, you know, they still only threw the ball like 20 times. They're running the ball a ton, and they're not running the ball extremely effectively. They just clearly want to slow the game down, chew clock, let the defense win games, and just let Rodgers make the necessary plays. But if you can add this over-the-top option, he has the potential to save the Packers' season. And I, I don't know. It's so hard to say what his fantasy potential is, but it's it's really, really, really intriguing. I mean, seventy four percent of their air yards, a forty two percent target share. That stuff is not going to continue. But you brought up Marta- the Martavis Bryant comp with that that Matt Harmon said, and that is could not feel more accurate. Like you could get a one for eight next week, and then you could have this again in a week or two. This big blow up. Yeah, well, and there's discord on the the Packers team. I mean, two weeks ago, you have Aaron Rodgers walking off to the sideline and looking at Matt Lafleur and saying, "What was that?" Like, there's clearly a problem in Green Bay with the play. Well, he's go, he's, go, he's going on Pat McAfee and and saying, and two weeks ago and saying, "Well, we see the bench guys aren't doing their jobs." Yeah, and then he goes and plays maybe his worst game I've seen him play in some time against the Lions. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you're gonna get like the full boomer bust potential with with Christian Watson. He, he has the athletic profile, but he's just not there when it comes to everything else. And he's going to get mm-hmm. number one treatment next week. I mean, part of it was the Cowboys weren't shadowing coverages because the Packers really don't have anybody. And Christian Watson was exploding against their third cornerback and beating him off the line. Teams aren't going to make that mistake again. And he, I don't think he's talented enough to handle double coverages, to handle defenses king in and on, on him. And I don't think the Packers have enough weapons to help him out if that's what this becomes. But again, from a waivers perspective, if you're down, you lost Cooper Cup, this is probably the guy you need. It's just going to be like Will Fuller the year before he was wide receiver six in Houston, where he was just so incredibly frustrating to have, where it was like 30-point game, two-point game, 20-point game, zero-point game. Hey, if he's like Will Fuller, it sounds like you should be all in. I mean, I would be all in if all of fantasy wasn't telling you to take a guy I don't know how many people I listened to this morning saying he had like a 50% target share. Like, of course, hmm. Aaron Rodgers threw the ball 22 times. Like he has eight targets. Of course, he's going to have a high target share. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really matter to me. It's not going to maintain week to week. And I still don't think that that game, that, that is an outlier of a game for the Green Bay offense and the Dallas defense. I don't think it's the norm. We'll see. That that That's definitely uh, very, very possible. And, and I am with you that it, Kind of like I said at the beginning, it's going to be up and down with him week to week because he he is a pretty raw prospect. He was a pretty raw prospect coming in, and Matt Harmon mentioned this in in his updated breakdown, which is only two games, so it's a very small sample size uh, of Christian Watson because there's only two games worthwhile breaking down. Really, is he's still very limited as a route runner? So when the go when the go deep stuff isn't working, it, it could be tough sledding for him, but. 
if you need to shoot the moon with your flex, I mean, this is this is a good guy <laughs> to do that with. We we just saw what the moon looked like, and it it, it was thirty two or thirty, but whatever it was in half point scoring, it was a a fantastic week. Yeah, it's Travis Fulgham. Well, I don't know about that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's better than that. that. He's better than that. Um, you you brought up Cooper Cup. I didn't have this on on our storylines because I kind of imposing a, a self-imposed ban of us talking about Allen Robinson on this show. But I think it probably is just worthwhile asking, what are your thoughts on Allen Robinson? Obviously with Cooper Cup on the IR, had ankle surgery and is out for at least, you know, four weeks. And if their season keeps going like this, it's very reasonable to think he he is not coming back. I mean, we're not going to talk about Allen Robinson here. <laughs> I, I I said that we were kind of doing a self-imposed thing, but we can just real quick, like, quick thoughts. Like, do you want him on your team? Are you trying to go acquire him right now? Are you trying to sell high on on the hope that, hey, this guy just had like a 85% target share, not actually, but close, vacated in front of him, so he's going to get more targets, and that's going to mean he's going to at least be okay. I want that to be right. Um, everybody says he still has it from like a route running perspective and all Mm -hmm. of that but like this Rams offense just sucks Matt Stafford might miss again this week with like a phantom concussion where Mm -hmm. Sean McVay is talking about he's talked to him and doesn't know he even has it so you know I I think the only player that I'm comfortable starting this week and probably going forward until I see something is Tyler Higbee um, and and even then, and yeah. even then, like yeah. I guess you can stream him, but I just don't even really want to do that. Yeah, but I mean, all around this team, it, they're just a fantasy dust bowl right now, and I, yeah. I don't really want any part of it. Allen Robinson, like if he's on your waivers and you just want to go grab him as like a, a hope and a prayer, go for it. But I would rather go for like if Odell Beckham might still be on your waivers because he hasn't signed, maybe him or. Or if you're just looking, Williams. yeah. Or if you're just looking at not necessarily a receiver, but just a high upside roster spot. Uh, Deshaun Watson officially back at practice, I believe today. So that return is coming, and we always talk about you probably shouldn't draft the elite quarterbacks, but we don't mind paying up in a trade for elite quarterbacks later in the season if you're one of those teams looking pretty solid for the playoffs. This is the way you can do that and not pay more than a waiver spot, basically. Yeah, and the last one, um, if he's available, which I think he is in a lot of leagues, Donovan Peoples-Jones might be the real wide receiver one right now in Cleveland, and he gets Deshaun Watson in two weeks. Mm-hmm. He could be a really high-profile player to end the season. I think he kind of has that that league winner written on him from his profile, not to overuse that word. <laughs> Okay, a guy that, not a league winner, but will stick out West with a way more interesting team. You go from a team with zero fantasy guys that I really want to care about to the Niners are like bursting with with fantasy guys that that we care about. Eli Mitchell, he's back and he handled a lot more of the workload than I think anybody anticipated. He handled 45% of the rushing attempts in the first three quarters and he kind of took over as the fourth quarter closer in that game. He was at 69% of their rushing attempts in the fourth quarter. CMC had the passing downs and the split like to snap percentage was something like 65, 35. And really it was probably closer to like 70, 30 or 75, 25 before the fourth quarter when they really leaned uh, 
on Eli Mitchell. I just don't think – I think a lot of people are taking this opportunity to try and give advice on Christian McCaffrey. And it's like, what? What What advice can you – he goes from RB2 to RB4? Like, thanks. That, that's so helpful. So so I think we should just focus uh, on Mitchell. And I think the question here is, Dalton, does, does this make him a startable fantasy running back if he's able to carve out 10, 12 touches a game? Because I – I think it does. I think this offense is good enough that, and that we know that their running game is pretty much always good. That I think he is a, a startable back going forward, which I wouldn't have expected. Well, I'm out on him for a couple of reasons. The first, their running game really hasn't been that productive. They're 23rd in the NFL in rushing DVOA. Um, the offensive line, yes, but 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 to be fair, a very large portion of their season was with uh Jeff Wilson and Jeff Wilson. Uh, I mean, I think he's on the list, but yes, he's yes, pretty good. It, it, it was with Jeff Wilson and uh Tyrion Davis Price and whoever else was was running the ball on on that team, and, and also Trent Williams missed a very large portion of, of the season, and he is a, a key part of that rushing attack. Absolutely. But there's just like, there are going to be games where I think he just disappears first. Like this game really lent itself to the game script Kyle Shanahan once. And that would be helpful to Elijah Mitchell. I think at any point they're down, it's a lot more Christian McCaffrey. Uh, And I found this weird and it just kind of goes in line with my argument here, but Debo Samuel only has one top 20 performance this year. And my concern is that there are so many weapons on this offense that all of them outside of the hyper-talented Christian McCaffrey might just not be able to do it. And Brandon Ayuk. because Yeah, awesome. Ayuk. But, Shout out Ayuk. Uh, maybe he should catch the, the touchdown next next time, though. That would be great. Um, I, I, it's funny you mentioned Debo. I, I, I have his game log pulled up here, and it really feels like he hasn't been getting – many rushing attempts and before this week he hadn't been but he finally got four rushing attempts uh this game so maybe maybe the rushing attempts will pick up for him and that'll eat into to Eli Mitchell even more and we won't be too concerned with, with Elijah Mitchell but I mean I just think he had 18 touches the other day I, I'm not expecting that from Elijah Mitchell but if he can just get 10 to 12 rushes and this is a, a good offense what running back in an average to above average offense, don't you at least have to consider starting if they're getting 10 to 12 touches, you know? I mean, I, it depends on your roster, obviously, but I, I there are probably teams in every league that would, would love to start Elijah Mitchell as a very low, as an RB3 type of guy. I I just don't think it's going to be worth it. I mean, the I think the good touches are going to go to CMC in the red zone. They're going to scheme stuff up, and he's just going to be doing the boring work, and he's going to need to break one off, and I just don't trust him for that. They were sure trying to get him in the end zone late in that game the other day when when they got stopped on the on the fourth down or the third down after they they turned over the Chargers. So I get it. It's a it is definitely a a test case of the too many mouths to feed. There are going to be up and down weeks for almost everybody on that offense. Yeah, and. It, I just don't know if I want anybody on the offense except for CMC and mm-hmm. to feel comfortable in starting them. I think there are just guys out there I'd rather go with that aren't Elijah Mitchell. Just it, I, It's also Kyle Shanahan, and he's burned me as a fantasy player so many times. Next week, is Jeff Mason or Jordan Mason going to get the start? No, I don't know. he will not. He will not. <laughs> John, I don't think Jordan Mason has a carry to his name this year, or maybe, maybe one. I'm pulling up uh, 
the RB standings here, the, the scoring standings here. And let, let's just do a little name game. We'll we'll go down. See, it just get it just gets pretty rough after you get past like the top like 15, 15 guys. Uh <laughs> CH is still the RB24, which is funny. Um Najee Harris or Elijah Mitchell. I I mean Elijah Mitchell actually. <laughs> <laughs> Najee is the RB27 on the season. Uh, Najee, or not Najee, Elijah Mitchell or Kareem Hunt? Mm, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, see, I, I think he's more startable than you wanted to give it credit for at the start of this argument. God, it's so ugly right now. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I, I don't think he's great. By by any like I don't think he as a player is great, and I don't think his situation is great. But he's getting he he's got work in the one game he's back. We'll see if it continues. But if he can actually keep uh, a du- close to a double digit touch count on a week to week basis, I, I mean Cordero Patterson or Elijah Mitchell Cordero, who is now apparently in a three man committee with two other really bad running backs. <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess you're right. There there isn't really a lot out there. It's it's tough right now. I mean, like it, you can go higher up, and I think like the, he's pretty clearly once you get past the top twenty, like you're taking Jeff Wilson over him, who we'll talk about in a minute. You're taking well, I think Devin Singletary or or Elijah Mitchell. Devin Singletary. Yeah, I think it's Singletary too, and Singletary is RB25 right now. I think if you looked at rest of season ranks, he's probably in that range. So I think you're looking at probably a, a high-end RB3 the rest of the way, which, I mean, yeah, it, it you, you might have a week where he only gets three touches and you get burned. But you might have a week where he gets 18 touches like he did the other day and he actually converts multiple touchdowns because his team actually scores touchdowns in that game. So not pretty for elijah mitchell not pretty just for the running back landscape as a whole which is why jeff wilson going to the dolphins and all of a sudden coming alive is a great thing for a lot of of fantasy look what they did to my boy raheem the dream must start moster must start i forgot about that so jeff wilson gets there and right away is playing pretty close to to half the snaps Last week, he plays 61% of the snaps, has 52% of the rushes, and I don't have the quarter-by-quarter breakdown in front of me, but anecdotally, I think Mostert played a lot of snaps early, and then it was a lot of Jeff Wilson for the last two and a half quarters or so in that game. Dalton, just your thoughts on, on this backfield as a whole right now, and then Jeff Wilson specifically. Um. I mean, on this backfield, if you can sell a box score watcher at the trade deadline, Raheem Mostert, yep. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he played 24% of the snaps. He had 12 touches, so when he's on the field, he's probably going to get them. But his his touchdown, it wasn't a red zone touchdown. He ran it in for 24 yards. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big concern. Um, and the same argument that everybody was making in the offseason about Mostert in this offense applies to Jeff Wilson. He knows it. He is literally Mike McDaniel's guy. He wanted him here. They went out and they traded for him. And he's younger, and he fits a way more prototypical build to be a guy who can hammer the the downs. Like Raheem Mostert, even – and I owned him in Dynasty. 
I I got worried like get him seeing him get 18 touches a game because you just yep. think he's going to break down. Yeah, and, really... and, and and I think that's probably what the Dolphins were thinking. Yeah. but I, I don't think any of us thought that. Like I, I was thinking maybe a 60 40, maybe 50 50. This looks like it's going to 80 turn. Yeah. This looks like it's going to turn the other way as quickly as it did for Raheem Mostert in favor of Chase Edmonds. It is it is turning in favor of Jeff Wilson. We'll, we'll see if it continues. It was only one game, but I mean it was. Pretty emphatic. And we have uh, Sumo Bro in the chat, Jeff Wilson or Eli Mitchell, full PPR rest of season. Um, I think we're both in agreement based on what we were just talking about that that we're going Jeff Wilson over Mitchell, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because th- like just this is the point of the offense is the, the Dolphins are the second most efficient offense in the NFL behind mm-hmm. Kansas City right now. And there's just way more touchdown equity in it than there is in San Francisco. And you know Kyle Shanahan likes to slow it down and play the game slowly. That's just not the same case for the Miami Dolphins. They're, they're willing to put up 50 points on the, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, yeah, they, they are they are willing to put up a lot of points on about anybody they play. And on top of it just being a better offense, I mean, you mentioned it, and it's a fair point with Mitchell and CMC. Like, CMC is going to probably still get more with the goal line touches. Like, Jeff Wilson has a chance to be the guy in the red zone for a very yeah. good offense. So I think that alone, and then like they're pretty comparable players. So it's not like we're just saying we're taking a average player compared to a very good player. We're, we're taking two pretty similar players and we're given the edge based on situation after that. Yeah. Well, in this Miami team, um, every team that's explosive, like they are, is going to start seeing more too high eventually. And they haven't yet. When Miami sees a lot more too high coverages, which they're going to just based on the explosive plays they're getting, mm-hmm. they're going to want to run the ball more. And it's just going to be it's going to be great for Jeff Wilson. He definitely has a lot of opportunity ahead of him. And the run blocking, I don't know if you saw one of the holes he had last week, but you could have fit three of them in the hole he was running through. It's absurd. The run blocking. This line can't pass block, but they can certainly run block. Mm. Did you see him? It was in garbage time. But I'm assuming you saw the play where he absolutely truck sticked a, a yes. Browns guy in the open field. I mean, Jeff Wilson looking looking pretty good. You know, I've always thought that he was like a fine NFL running back, and a fine NFL running back with opportunity is a surefire fantasy starter. And I think that's what we have right now. Yep. Okay, before we hit on the last running back, yeah, I thought it'd be worthwhile. Johnny, you should you should hop back into this conversation now. We've got a weather bonanza about ready to take place in, in Buffalo. We are seeing anywhere from two to three feet, three to six feet, one to two feet. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be, but we are looking at a potentially crazy weather game. What does that do for you guys when you're making your fantasy lineups or even like Johnny, if you're thinking about making, making bets on a game, which based on how you think it's going to, a game is going to go like points wise, like total wise might influence your fantasy perspective. How does the weather when it's that bad impact that decision-making process? Do you want to talk lake effect snow and weather games with me? (laughs) I'm all here for that. Um,
Okay, Dalton's just trying to deprive the world of an epic snow game just because he has Josh Allen and Gabe Davis on one little fantasy. In a must-win week against the second-place team in the Dynasty League. Look, East Rutherford. If you haven't been thinking about that first PFT, I love cocaine tweet since you saw the weather report for this game, you and I are just built different. I don't know what to tell you. No, 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 no. <laughs> if my most valuable player, Josh Allen, was not playing in this game, I'm okay with it. But I had to watch another weather game last year against the New England Patriots where Mac Jones completed – no, no, sorry, attempted – Three passes in four quarters? I can't do it. <laughs> Me? Okay. Okay. Let's let, let's get back to the actual fa- fantasy discussion here. Um, we're not telling you to bench Josh Allen. We're not telling you to bench Stefan Diggs. We're not telling you to bench Nick Chubb. Oh, you didn't say Gabe Davis, I noticed. But after that, I think is when you can start thinking about it. What, what, where is like that line of demarcation for you? Is it, is it Gabe Davis? Are you still starting Gabe Davis? Like, because I, I think in a normal week, everyone is starting Gabe Davis, but, and Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper's the other one, but it's like, can't, you have, you can't bench digs. But outside of that, can we really trust anything in, the, in this passing game? Like, I don't know. It's just so, it's so it's difficult. And, and we don't have to make the, these decisions today, but, I think just the thought process is, is helpful. Who made the ticker? Well, not me. I don't hate snow games. I hate snow games where my fantasy relevant players are playing in the games, unless they're LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> All right. The line of demarcation is for me is start your studs. I don't think Gabe Davis is a stud yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You, I'm sure you agree. I agree, um, yes. I don't even know if – like. I don't think Amari Cooper even qualifies for a stud the way he's played this season. He's been so off and on. Well, David that's joke. Just, that, that, that's just kind of Amari Cooper. It is. It's the Amari Cooper experience. Um, but something tells me a snow game is not his strength. But <laughs> David Njoku, I don't know if he's going to be healthy. Him and Stefan Diggs, Devin Singletary and Nick Chubb are probably the four players in this game I feel most comfortable starting. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention Singletary, but yeah, you've you've probably yeah. and of course Josh Allen. Like you have to start Josh Allen. Yeah, um, I think uh, we've we've kind of gone through who who we should and shouldn't start, but as <laughs> as far as like actual thought process, I think what you said is a great point and exactly right, Dalton. That you start your studs. And then after that, you just have to down you have to downgrade guys like Gabe Davis, guys like Amari Cooper. Most like I think if Deshaun Watson was his quarterback, we'd be starting Amari Cooper still this week. I think that that is a partial quarterback issue. But I don't know. It, it is definitely going to be something that every fantasy football manager has to monitor because there are you know, one, two, there are like six guys who are in starting lineups almost every week playing in this game. The The question probably is, for people who have Kareem Hunt, he's probably somebody you want to bench after how the way things have been going. Does Kareem Hunt get an upgrade if we have two feet of snow on the ground and we think the Browns might have to run the ball 35, 40 times? <laughs> he kind of has to, right? Has to. And you know what? 
I find this hilarious. Three feet of snow. You're better. You're looking at that. You're saying that has to be the lowest under, right? Lowest under on the board for the slate. Uh-huh. Wrong. You're like, oh, it must be, you know, the Jets Patriots playing in the East Coast too, where this storm's hitting, where the weather's bad. No, no, no. It's two teams playing in a dome. Do you want to guess what the lowest over under is on the slate and what it is? Two teams playing in a dome. Who do the Colts play this week? Oh, uh, it's either the Colts or the Saints, but I, I don't I don't even know who either of those teams Colts play. are on a bye. Okay, Colts are on a bye. I don't know. It's the Saints Rams with oh, an over Lord. under of 38 and a half. The Bills game is 41 and a half, by the way. They're it's a higher over under than the the Commanders game, then the Jets-Patriots game, then the Carolina Panthers-Ravens game. That, that is a very fair point. Um, <laughs> but I, I think also they have to protect against what if it snows three feet on Saturday and it's not snowing very much on, on Sunday because while it will be very cold – and while and the snow will look very cool shoveled against the stadium, it won't be actually impacting the game that much. Yeah. If I was a better right now, I'd probably take that over. I'm going to be honest with you. All right. I expect you to go do that. Um, last guy here before we jump into a little who's that Pokemon uh, segment. Uh, we will answer the – we have one more question in chat that I've been putting off until we had a, a natural break here. But Isaiah Pacheco, I, I thought it was only right that – uh, the three Chiefs fans talk about Pacheco and this backfield as a whole. And I think the real question that everyone's probably thinking about right now is can Isaiah Pacheco be a league winner? I mean, he goes from a month ago getting like four carries in two weeks combined. And all of a sudden now he is the number one running back on this team. CEH got four snaps, not four touches, four snaps. And nice. and zero touches, nice. and I think two targets and one of them I feel like he could have stopped for the ball and actually caught it if he were a better player. So not not good in Ceh land. But you also have Andy Reid today on on Wednesday they have this recording, basically saying they are continuing to go RB by committee. They are working through trying to get Ceh touches. Said playing him four snaps was the circumstances of the game. Now, whether or not you want to believe that is up to you. You look at Week 10, Pacheco played a career-high 56% of the snaps, career-high 73% of the team's rushing attempts. Even though he fumbled on the first drive in inside the 10-yard line, that was an interesting point in the game where it was like, okay, he was clearly the starter. He was clearly the guy on this drive for the first time all year in an important drive, really. Let's see if they go back to him. And they went right back to him. And that dude just kept running hard all game. And I thought – I went back and watched some highlights. And I thought he started making a couple of cuts as that game went on that looked better than a lot of his runs this season. He's just getting more comfortable. And the run blocking what was very good for the Chiefs in that game too. And it's been consistent this year. I think the one thing that is holding him back from league winner status is the fact the receiving game is is non-existent for for Pacheco Dalton what 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 are your thoughts on on Pacheco as a potential league winner I don't think he's a league winner 
Um, and I think that's because if you league winning running back, this Kansas City offense has to catch passes. Mm-hmm. Kansas City leads the league in neutral pass rate at 72%. means they pass way more frequently than they run. Anybody who, and as a Chiefs fan, and I know you kind of agree with this, is uh, get out. Max. <laughs> Max, out. He just pushed my my dog just pushed his way to the door. Um, oh, he's your dog now. Look at Max. Um, but the the league winning running back has to catch passes. Like there are going to be weeks where I think Pacheco gets a touchdown or two. But even yep. then, the efficiency the last three years from Kansas City of running the ball inside the five has been pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Like all around, and I don't think Pacheco's the answer. I don't necessarily even know if it's a running back specific problem, but our best plays come on pass plays. And if Pacheco is not involved in those, it's just not going to work for him. Kansas city also plays Denver twice in the upcoming weeks. And those are going to be rough games no matter what, because the Denver defense is very good. So I'm reluctant to put any Kansas city chief as a league winner, especially with one of those games coming in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, And then Unless Jarek McKinnon goes down and Pacheco suddenly gets that passing down work, I just don't think he has enough to get it. He's certainly a nice start, but I don't think he's a league winner. Yep. I think I'm I'm more with you than not, but I am a little bit more torn than you. But I like I was like I kind of started saying before I kicked, kicked it to you. The one thing holding him back is he's not getting the receiving game at all. Like if I, I think I heard somebody it was maybe Andy Barron's made this point that if they were splitting the the work just straight down the middle for everything, I think you'd like Pacheco more because yes. he, you know, get getting if he and McKinnon were splitting the passing and the rushing, but McKinnon is getting all of the high value touches. I mean he has eight targets, six receptions, what he run the ball one time the other day. And I think he probably without looking back, I think he probably outscored Pacheco who had 16 carries for like 80 something yards and and played a good game but he didn't catch the ball didn't score a touchdown and that's just what's holding him back right now but if Pacheco is the lead guy and he's getting all the rushing none of the receiving could he be like a slightly less J.K. Dobbins from his rookie year where it's like this guy just 12 to 15 rushes He's scoring a touchdown every week. I know he hasn't yet, but do you think it's just the kind of the fail flaw of this offense that they can't score rushing touchdowns, or is it just kind of coincidence at this point? I mean, they have three rushing touchdowns by running backs this season, none since the 49ers game before the bye week, and that is the only one since the Tampa Bay game in week four. So they basically have one rushing touchdown from a running back in the last – month and a half give or take well and this is not isaiah pacheco's fault but he's probably like the fourth guy running the ball in the red zone like a jet sweep to Mikol or Kadarius tony mm-hmm. is a lot more exciting especially with andy reed patrick mahomes just running it in um and i like this is not a fantasy football related at all but blake bell coming back will probably be a significant detriment to short yardage running game in Kansas city. Cause he does that in those weird sneak situations. I just, I don't think Kansas city has a need for that. And I, the reason they don't have rushing touchdowns isn't just because the running game has sucked. It's just because I think we're just better off passing it 
and giving it to the best player in the league in Mahomes. Yeah, and they and they just don't like like and I it's something that irritates me and a lot of Chiefs fans from from time to time where it's like could you guys just line up under center at um first and goal from the three and run the ball two times and you'll probably get in as long as CH is not getting the ball one of those two times because he can't run through any contact. Um, I do think not saying he's cream hunt by any means, but you do think back to the cream hunt times on the chiefs. And even when they had Mahomes and hunt together for what was it? 10 weeks, they did less of that gimmicky stuff, more of letting cream hunt score rushing touchdowns inside the five. And you, you do kind of wonder if Pacheco starts to earn more trust, if the playbook can devolve a little bit into just letting the kids score uh, some touchdowns inside the five instead of having to open up the playbook every time they get down there. I'm not predicting it, but it's just something I'm watching for. I'm watching to see if the play calling evolves as as they get in the red zone more. But I think it's a, a good point made by you and a good conversation to be had when we're thinking about his value. Yeah. Well, and it's it's – Maybe I'm a little burned from CH for three years, but like <laughs> it is so tiring at this point to like talk up any running back in Kansas City at all. Uh-huh. It, it is exhausting. And but you know why Chiefs, we have to? Why we have to is Cream Hunt was like the number one overall back yeah. until everything happened. And then Damian Williams was a league winner later that year. But the difference between Damian and Pacheco is he was catching all the passes too. Well, and it's just like, how many times are we going to run down this track until it's like, maybe there's just not a good running back there and they have to be good to be productive. And I'm not saying Isaiah Pacheco is bad, but he's a seventh round pick. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's definitely harder for me to, to lead myself to believe that he's going to come out and really kill it. And as a chiefs fan that not at fantasy related, I hate the team running the ball at all. I think you're. I complain when they run on second and four sometimes. I just don't. Yeah. And I think the Chiefs are just better off passing it, which maybe they won't need to. I know their schedule softens up and they can get some easy looks, but that's also how this team lost to the Colts is they were just trying to run the ball too much, among other things. A lot yeah. of things. But yeah, as much as I do hate when they run the ball, if the running game gets rolling, that's when they are actually unstoppable because you can't you can't just key on the pass. Whereas the Titans game, Mahomes had to throw the ball, whatever it was. 500 times and the titans knew they were throwing the ball every snap neither here nor there okay dalton real quick before we get into one of my favorite segments coming back who's that pokemon and we'll bring johnny back in for that let's hit on Caden, the colts fan uh sorry for just trash talking the colts Caden, if you're if you're still in here or if you're listening back to this um should he trade higgins i'm assuming t higgins for terry mclaurin and I guess we'll just assume this is half point scoring to to give an in between. I'm saying no, no, no. Um, this Jamar Chase injury is a little weird. I know he might be back this week, but the way they've handled it, they've been really hush hush on it. And even then, T Higgins is like a weekly top twelve wide mm-hmm. receiver in my opinion, and. Post by, you have to feel like Cincinnati is going to get their passing offense together a little better than it's been lately. Um, or, or a reminder when they beat the Panthers, that was all basically Joe Mixon, not really yeah. a passing game exploding. And I mean, he's just so talented. And unfortunately for Terry, he's in a horrible situation. 
and Tyler Heineke, like even in the win last night, the, the overthrows that Sir, he had his last name year. his name is Taylor. Let's get it right. The man yeah. is a flopper, but he deserves to have his name said correctly. But like his throws last night were the same we saw last year, which is like it's 10 yards above the wide receiver sometimes for no reason other than he just airballs it. And I it's Terry, not- Terry, Terry's numbers have gone up since since Heineke took over at quarterback. But I, I'm with you and I actually think um I'm kind of going to go a little galaxy brain here like I did with, with Swift and Jamal Williams. I think it's better for Higgins with, with Chase in the lineup than without fantasy-wise because Chase can take all of the attention and not that Higgins doesn't get a lot of attention. And like we saw the Dolphins game, they double Chase and then put the number one corner on Higgins and he still burned him. But I still just think having a guy with that kind of gravity just helps helps the offense as a whole and that helps Higgins when the offense is actually moving. I agree. Um, Terry's an elite talent, but he probably has one of the worst wide receiving situations in the league. Yeah, and in a game they won, they had to run the ball fifty six times. So that's probably how Ron Rivera wants to play his games. <laughs> well, it certainly worked. Uh, Johnny, you popped Somehow. in. A, Johnny, you popped in anything to add as a Terry McLaurin manager? Or were you just popping in to get ready for who's that Pokemon? All right, so for those of you who are new listeners this year or just happen to not hear our Who's That Pokemon episodes last year, what we do is we bring a guy, an unnamed guy, we both try very hard and so far have succeeded to not say the name of the player before we actually have the person guess, and we kind of lay out a stat profile and we see if the other two can guess said player based on the stat profile. Dalton, I will let you kick it off, but of course, before that. Who's that Pokemon? Well, this one's a fun one, so buckle up, boys. Player, I'll give you the division first. Plays in the NFC. Oh, I forgot we did like those hints too. Okay. I really hope you can tell me what players these guys, what division <laughs> these guys play in. Um, he has a 28% target per route run, which puts him in the top 10 in the NFL. He's 33% of his team's targets, which puts him in the top six in the NFL. And he has 41% of his team's air yards through 11 weeks, which puts him in the top three in the NFL. Who's that Pokemon? I want to say Deontay Johnson. Well, I said he plays in the NFC. Oh, I thought you said AFC. So no, in a, a, NFC. <laughs> okay, okay. Scratch that. Scratch that. I mean, are we going Chris Olave here? That sounds like kind of a, Olave's profile. I really wish it was Olave. <laughs> Any guesses, Johnny? The point of it is to guess based off numbers. What do you want me to say? He wears a jersey. That'd be he nice. He played at Alabama. There you go, John. He played Alabama. Go with that. I can't even think of what Alabama receivers in the NFC. I'm having a complete brain breakdown right now. Dalton, I swear to God, this guy's in the AFC. I see you looking it up right now. No. He didn't go to Alabama. He went to Oklahoma. Anyways. Oh, my God. 
is this like Hollywood Brown who's been out for a month? No, that's an interesting guess though. That would have been really funny to do. <laughs> uh, CD Lamb is the only other possibility. Then it is CD Lamb. It is that is correct. I rectified it. Um, you know, Johnny. All right. Who's that Pokemon? So I'm gonna keep this one short. And simple johnny i'm sorry i've got some percentages in here too but they're they're maybe a little bit easier to follow this guy just last week played 94 percent of his team snaps i'll even give you a positional hint he's a running back 91 percent of the routes of the team's routes were run by this player last week he played every two minute drill snap after not playing in a single two minute drill snap since week one. So he had gone basically the whole season without playing the two-minute drill. Who's that Pokemon? AFC. AFC. I, I never said. I never said. AFC. <laughs> Has he been injured at all? Uh... I feel like that kind of gives it away a little bit, but yeah, Jonathan Taylor. It is Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> which I I think that uh, should make you excited as a Jonathan Taylor owner. Not that he's going to keep playing ninety four percent of the snaps, but he ran a route on ninety one percent of the team's passing plays and played every two minute drill snap. Like that's been the thing holding Taylor back with Naheem Hines in town, and if he's going to have anything close to this workload down the stretch, which he had the rushing game stuff already. And Jeff Saturday really fed him the ball last week, like 25 carries or something like that. Like from, if you just draw a line from Jeff Saturday on, he might be the RB one <laughs> from that point on rest of season. Cause that's just the kind of profile we're looking at with him. Yeah. Um, it's super exciting that Jeff Saturday just wants to establish it. And also is playing <laughs> his best quarterback. Yes. And like the, the only way this team's successful is if Jonathan Taylor's successful. I don't think there's really any other way they do it. And they just they play in the South, and the South is so wonky they can still make it. And it's about time. Like Naheem Hines is gone, and there's no way Deion Jackson mm-hmm. is going to be playing this wide receiver or this like third down and distance role. I think it all belongs to Jonathan Taylor and just let him do it all. I wish they would do that in Cleveland with Nick Chubb. Oh, that would be great. We can only, you know, one one crusade at a time. All right, Dalton, your next guy. Who's that Pokemon? So I was here more numbers, Johnny, so don't get too scared. You might (laughs) want to write them down. I can say them slowly for you. (laughs) All right. So this guy is a top 20 running back right now. That means... Out of 20 running backs, he's in the top 20 of them, okay? Let me just uh, minimize my RB rankings that I have right next to me then. Um, if you want, I could actually pull up like a paint document and draw this for you so you understand it better, Johnny. <laughs> uh, I'll let you share screen. Uh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> this player has 81% of his team's rushing attempts, but... He's only run 9% of the team's routes this entire season. 
And in spite of all of that, he's still top 50 in the NFL in receiving yards among the running back position. Who's that Pokemon? I feel okay. Which conference? AFC. Okay. I was going to say, I thought this could be like a cheeky Kenneth Walker Ooh, type of thing. A good one. But he, he had like eight catches last week. I know. Yeah. But it, like he's, it, w- it would be like, oh, Kenneth Walker ran negative five routes uh, before last week. So he, he is still at whatever percent. AFC top 20 running back. I'm trying to think of the top 20 running backs. I just had the list for earlier in the show. Uh, not Joe Mixon. I thought Joe Mixon. I was like, wait, Joe Mixon is actually catching a ton of passes. I mean, this is Nick Chubb's profile, but this feels like if he were, if it was Nick Chubb, he would have said higher, but Nick Chubb. Hmm. Top 20 running back. Could be Nick Chubb light. It is Damian. Oh, good job. (laughs) Let's go, Johnny. Uh, yeah, and that um, kind of I the Eno Benjamin trade really frustrates things. But if he could get a little bit more passing work, the guy is like a weekly RB one at mm-hmm. this point. And the last three weeks, he's actually been over ninety percent with his team's rush attempts. It's really just this weird Rex Burkhead passing stuff that's yep. hurting him. Yep, and I would think Eno can cut into the Burkhead stuff. And so maybe if if that happens, then maybe we'll see the the roles not flip but we'll see the roles kind of change a little bit in that backfield where maybe Eno is more comfortable as a pure runner and maybe Pierce can get more involved in the passing game while also still running the ball uh, a ton as well that that'd be kind of the hope down the stretch interesting that the Chiefs had a claim in for Eno Benjamin just uh worth noting yeah I think they're kind of just throwing shit at the wall and seeing if it sticks at the running back position I think so too all right <laughs> My next guy. Who's that Pokemon? All right. We're looking at a quarterback. And since I'm giving you quarterback and there's not that many fantasy relevant quarterbacks, I'm not giving you conference until you need it later on. Maybe since week four, this quarterback is averaging 16.3 points per game. That is fewer than players such as Jimmy Garoppolo. It's Marcus Cousins. Daniel Jones and basically equal to Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady this year. So I just gave you like a whole list of guys that it's not. He's completed less than 60% of his passes in four of the last five games this season. He does have the easiest remaining schedule in the league, not like from a quarterback, but just like NFL wise, his team has the easiest remaining schedule. Their opponents are a combined 25 and 45 that they have left on the season. No, not Jalen Hurts. He's averaging fewer than 16.3 points per game since week four. Mm -hmm. Is it Marcus Mariota? No, it's not not Marcus Mariota. Not Marcus Mariota. 16.3. Is it Joe Burrow? Nope. I'll give you one more hint. This quarterback's best weekly fantasy finish since week three. So not even per game, but just his best finish. Since week three is QB 10. Nope. Is it Lamar Jackson? It's Lamar Jackson. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny that you said Mariota because without, I, I don't want to give it away, but it's like, eh, it 
it's kind of like Marcus Mariota on steroids this year. It's been Lamar. Lamar had the 39 and 42 point games, and it's been pretty, pretty rough since then. But the schedule really lightens up for the team and theoretically for him down the stretch. So you hope he can rebound, but it's not been good. You would be better off on a weekly basis starting Tom Brady or basically about the same, I guess, starting Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And you could just throw Jimmy G in there every week and have better, better luck since week four than you well, have. It's with scary Moore. considering Bateman's out for the season. Yep. It's really just Mark Andrews. There's no outside receiver there. Uh, Odell a lot, been... a lot of Devin Duvernay going to be yeah. counting on down the stretch. Odell, you were about ready to say he is not uh, going there. It doesn't seem like if you believe his initial list he put out. It's so. yeah, it's worrying. And it JK Dobbins should be back, and they might just mm-hmm. really turn into like that 2018 Ravens team where it was ground and pound over and over again. Um, really yeah, hurts and, to see and, like I, another lost season for Lamar Jackson this year. It feels like and, and, just, and, and just for the Ravens as a whole, yeah. like fantasy wise, like Mark Andrews had a, had a good year too, but it's like another year of, of Dobbins not mattering for fantasy. Like Bateman showed promise and he hasn't mattered. And and they didn't ever bring in another receiver. So it's just like you've had Lamar and you've had Andrews and then there's just nothing else you can count on. Hopefully one of the running backs, uh, Gus Edwards, who I think is playing this week, it seems like, or at least has a chance to, or J.K. Dobbins, which, you know, I have uh, on his sleeper blurb 13 days ago, he's three to four weeks away from returning. So maybe you see him in the next one to three weeks, something like that. So I mean that's cutting it close to the fantasy playoff time. Yeah. And that'll that'll be an interesting discussion. And Gus take... is questionable this week, and he was yeah. out. Yeah, it's not good in yeah. Baltimore. All right, Dalton, your last guy. Who's that Pokemon? I want to acknowledge that you're probably not going to get this one, but I wanted to discuss this guy because. I'll say he was. Well, maybe part you of, should just give better hints if you don't think we're going to get this. Well, guy. he was part of a lot of preseason hype, but he's outside of the top thirty-six in wide okay. receiver. Let let, let me let me just uh, pull up my Google Doc of five hundred players who were part of preseason hype. Yeah, well, this one was especially <laughs> frustrating, and so that might help you. And I'll even give you this hint: this guy is a wide receiver in a top five NFL offense. Okay. Okay. He's run. 80% of the team's routes on this offense. Despite that, his targets per route run is 12%, but his A dot is 13.3%, and he's only gotten 21% of the team's total air yards despite having a deep A dot. On a top five offense, I'll even give you the AFC. He has I'm- one touchdown. Okay, I was gonna, I was gonna say it was sounding a lot like a Gabe Davis, but then as you got further, it, he's it outside sounded... the top thirty-six in scoring, though. Okay. Okay. It, it, okay. Since you don't think we're gonna get it, give us this. It, you said preseason hype, but was this, was this guy hyped to be like a starter for fantasy this year, or do you mean like hype as in like, oh, this guy will be a fun bench player this year? This guy on this team was being hyped as the best fantasy pick out of the wide receivers. The best fantasy pick out of the receivers, a current top five offense in the AFC. I mean, 
You think T. Higgins is outside the top 36 in wide receiver scoring? Well, he could be. He's missing. Oh, he could be. Okay, sorry. But he's not. No, it's not T. Higgins. Well, now I'm going to go look and make sure T. Higgins is in the – because he might not be just because they've had a bye week and he's missed some time. Oh, he's 22. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to not scroll down further in that list so I don't accidentally see it. Uh, Oh, I know. Michael Pittman. No, but that's another good one. Oh, man. I, got I a, will say not I got, everybody. I got control F Michael Pittman. I will say not everybody had this guy as the wide receiver one on his team. Pittman's actually wide receiver 23. That's shocking. That's insane. That's shocking. But I will say there were some Twitter debates over this player. I'll even tell you this. It's his first year on this team. <laughs> it's It's just funny because like, I with the one touchdown, and obviously it's the top 36. I know it's not, but this sounds like Tyreek Hill for everything except actually not scoring points because Tyreek Hill has scored a lot of points. Well, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you who it is. You're so close because it's the guy that was supposed to replace Tyreek Hill. It's Marcos Okay. See, that's cheap because <laughs> there was no hype on this podcast. I it, know, but – as there was, was a like, lot of arguments on Twitter from this podcast about not overhyping a player who's already played with a Hall of Fame quarterback. I, I did get a response from a national fantasy football writer to our podcast of me saying, uh, why are we treating MVS differently than McCole Harbin, who they basically have the same career stats? <laughs> um, yeah, but it is crazy. I mean, he's done well for Kansas City as a player, yeah. but he is not – Like, the fantasy expectations are just not there for this guy. He has the one 112-yard game, and then he had a touchdown last week, which was only one of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, But another case of people overrating situation and not looking at the skill of the player. And it's not even overrating situation. It's overrating the perceived contract. It's like, oh, well, Juju signed a Mm one-year deal for $2 million. I'm too lazy to think about what the incentives could actually make him. So he must be the wide receiver, too. To MVS's wide receiver one because they give MVS a fake three for $30 million contract. Yeah. That was and the analysis. It was lazy and it is looking pretty damn dumb right now. And that's why I had George Kills, my tight end one, not Travis Kelsey. <laughs> George Kittle got more money than Travis Kelsey. <laughs> that's true. There are multiple tight ends who got more money than Travis Kelsey. I think uh, David Njoku makes more money than Travis yeah, Kelsey. That's right. Tight end two on my list, actually. Glad you mentioned that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, uh, we go to my last guy. Who's that Pokemon? So this guy's tricky because I'm really, uh, I really only have a couple stats. I'm just going to identify him as a pass catcher. This could be a pass catcher. LaVisca Chenault. RIP. So this player's team saw a meaningful change to their passing game. Won't say if it was by injury or otherwise. In, in the last couple weeks. In the one game that Mystery Man has played since then, he posted a 27% target share. On the season, he is at 23% targets per route run. He's tied at fifth at his position in targets, but ranks as a back-end starter for his position on the season, just like points per game. 
Oh, it's Pat. It's Pat Fryerman. Yes, I did. <laughs> I was. I, I didn't want to say tight end because I was gonna make it obvious, but I I wanted to give give Muse some love on here because Let's I go. I think now that I mean the one game without Claypool, twenty seven percent target share. They throw the ball a lot. Muth is really freaking good. He's the tight end nine right now, but he's fifth in targets, and I think he is set up for a very strong finish to the season. Yeah, uh, I would agree with you. He's probably, if we were doing another trade deadline podcast with uh, yours truly a part of it. Yeah, the, I mean, you give us a guy or two because you weren't here last week, so go with, for it. With the Zach Ertz news and just like outside of Andrews, Kelsey, there is no consistency to tight end. I think Muth is a really good move towards that. Muth mm-hmm. um, is the move. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot, yeah, and – as this gate team moves forward and Pickett progresses a little better, I think he just has it. And he might be like the most consistent pass catcher on the team, which doesn't say a lot, but he's the most trusted target right now. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Deontay Johnson, owners. Guy has 81 targets this season, no touchdowns, which leads the league for anyone interested. Uh, but yeah, I love Pratt Fire move. Mm-hmm. I am with you and wanted to give Big Pat some love because I think he's – He's himself a very awesome player, been trapped in a bad situation. The situation without Claypool has improved, and he's been getting volume a lot of the season. And he's, I mean, it's felt like a disappointing year, or at least a low ceiling type of year, and he's still tied in nine in points per game right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if you just go from this point to the last week of the fantasy season. I don't know is he like if i gave you tight end six or t- let's say tight end seven tight end seven are you going higher or lower with lower being closer to to 12 as as a finish for pat fryer muth from this point on i'd go higher me too i think this is a top six tight end the rest of the way yeah and points per game just so we're not cheating and using any buys remaining I'm not sure who's out there that's important well he, for that. he well and he just has by this week so he's uh He's he's out of buys. But all right, Dalton, anything else before we hop out of here? I think that's it. Another right. week of fantasy, another week of losing money. I hope <laughs> Buffalo doesn't play in the snow. And that is going to do it. You know, Johnny, I appreciate that you had the E over the accent on who is that Pokemon this whole time. Wanted, wanted to give you a little shout out for, the, for that. That's going to do it for episode 91 of the Half Point for Podcast. Give us a follow, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Half Point for Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube link to all of those things in the show notes. We will try to answer any questions that pop into the YouTube as that show goes on. And we appreciate the subscriptions, likes, views, everything on the YouTube. It truly helps the podcast a ton. Our show is available anywhere you listen to podcasts, most notably Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all of those things. Leave us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we'll be back with, I don't know, maybe a Thanksgiving podcast next week we're already almost thanksgiving which is pretty insane but thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to you again next week